It says in um, Luke chapter 4, verse 16, in the context of where we're going to go, it says, so he came to Nazareth. So Jesus, this is Jesus. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Amen? And he was under the book of the prophets, Isaiah. The context of the word, Jesus came back to his hometown and he went to the synagogue as you and I were doing here. You know, when we have the, the, the days to fellowship, we come here to, um, to hear the word, to pray to God, to worship God. Amen? So that's exactly what Jesus did. So what we are doing right now, that was, that was exactly what Jesus Christ was doing during his days. Amen? Attending fellowship. So he went to the synagogue and they gave him a book. And he had opened the book. He found a place where it was written. And look what it says in the book of Isaiah. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set a liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then after he finished reading this, verse 20 says, Then he closed the book. And gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue, who were in the church, in our own contemporary, were fixed on him. They were fixed on who? On Jesus, after he finished reading. And then he began, meaning Jesus began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Amen? It says, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In verse 22, it says, so all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not, is this not Joseph's son? Amen. So we are going to go to Isaiah, exactly where the word was prophesied upon Jesus. That is Isaiah chapter 61. And I believe this is the purpose of Jesus. Jesus Christ came to accomplish these things. And he did it in the past and he's doing it now. And he will do it in the future. Amen. Isaiah 61. We're going to take little by little. The spirit of the Lord is upon who? It's upon me. The spirit of God is upon Jesus. Because if you guys, uh, there's an account in the Bible when Jesus Christ was being baptized. And the Holy Spirit sat upon his shoulder. And then the heavens opened. And the voice of, of, of Yahweh. Everybody heard the voice of Yahweh. This is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased so that spirit of the living God was upon Jesus. Usually back in the days in the Old Testament, when the spirit of God comes upon you as a sign of anointing. It says, because Yahweh has anointed me. I have a different translation. Because Yahweh has anointed me. To do what? You see, two things that he possessed. The spirit of God and anointing. To execute the mandates of God. To do what God wants him to do for humanity. The spirit of the Lord is upon him. And Yahweh has already anointed him. Two things. Number one. So that spirit of the, of the Lord and the anointing brought about Jesus to execute this. Number one. He has sent me. Meaning, I am a messenger. I am a prophet sent by God to do what? First of all, to bring good news. Good news. 
to the oppressed. What is that good news? That you and I, we are reconciled back to, the, to our maker. That is what Jesus Christ came to do. That good news to the oppressed. Those who are oppressed are oppressed by sin. Because all of us, we are all oppressed by sin. Any soul that sin shall die. And the good news is that you and I, we don't have to pay for our penalty when we sin against God. Because why? Jesus is the Lamb of God. So that's the good news. Have you ever thought about this good news, the gospel that you and I will preach? Why it's called the good news? It is a good news. Because we don't have to stand before God Almighty to give an account. Because Jesus Christ already did it. The Bible said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. But whoever does not believe in Him is already condemned as a result of not believing in Jesus. So that's the good news when we go out there to let people know. In other faith, they teach you, you know what? You have to, you have to obtain your merit. You have to obtain your salvation. You have to do so, so, so amount of works to be, to be accepted by God. So that makes it a good news to the oppressed. Those who are not able to, 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 to deliver themselves. Those who are oppressed and sin. If Paul, who was a murderer, salvation was bestowed upon him that's the good news and then it says to bind up the brokenhearted we are all brokenhearted in many ways our sins circumstances to bind it up to heal to heal hearts hearts that have been hurt from childhood hearts that have been oppressed from childhood hearts that have been that, that have been broken from relationship wrong relationships so these are the things that Jesus, only Jesus Christ is capable of doing. And he has been anointed to execute them. And he has the spirit of the living God upon him. And you and I as believers, we, 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 we are also anointed. And we have the Holy Spirit in us. Jesus Christ said, whatever I do, you also can do likewise. So that clearly shows that we have the anointing to bring the good news wherever we go. To bring the good news to those that we see around the streets starting from our homes and also we have the anointing and the spirit of God to help us to bind the brokenhearted when we come across people who are hurting in our workplace wherever they are to let them know that I have the authority I have the power I have the privileges I have the right that Jesus has given me and it says to proclaim release to the captives to proclaim freedom to the captives when God told Moses tell Pharaoh to let my people go Pharaoh refused to let God or God's people go some people are some people are in spiritual captivity some people are in emotional captivity some people are in social captivity in all sorts of captivities but who is the answer like our sister was saying who is the solution who is the man that can help them we have tried different means, psychology, self-help. They, they work for a moment. That is why we're going back to the scriptures because it says, Gee, only Jesus is entitled and he has been qualified because to anoint me to qualify you to do something for God. And he has the spirit of God, which is the power of God, the power and the presence of God. To release proclaim freedom to the captives that clearly shows that Jesus 
is the solution. If you are thinking that God, I am in bondage. I cannot come out of this. The Bible said, whosoever the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. The Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. No matter what bondages that you find yourself. When you're in captivity for so long, for 20 years, the woman would issue of blood for so long. So I'm here to tell you guys there's hope. Those who are watching, there's hope. You might be in that sickness for so long, but there's hope. You might be in that addiction for so long, there's hope. Faith can conquer all things. The woman obtained her healing because she believes that, you know what, if I can church the garment of the king of kings, if I can church the garments of that name Jesus, I'll be made whole. That is why we're reading this. That way we can believe what we're reading and apply it in our life that Jesus has come. So when you know somebody who's in captivity, you know exactly who to go to. You know exactly who to refer them to. Just you know what, my sister, don't worry. You don't even have to cry. You don't even have to be pessimistic. You, know, ah, you have been in this problem for so long. Is there hope? You'll be smiling. We can do it for you. That is the good news. When we come across people who are broken, don't tell them there's no hope. Not with Jesus. With him, all things are possible. That is why when he went to the synagogue, he went to his own town. He opened the book and he read this particular verse, verses. And they were marvel at him. And then it says, and liberation to those who are bound. Again, emphasize on freedom. We all want freedom. We all need freedom in this life. We are all in bondage in one way or the other. You might think you're not. You're in bondage if in, in eating. You're in bondage in, in something, in substance abuse. You're in bondage emotionally. You're in bondage even spiritually. You can be in bondage. Your deception can deceive you. But there is freedom. And that freedom only Jesus can give. And it says in verse 2 to proclaim the year of to proclaim the year of Yahweh's favor. I have a different translation. To proclaim the year of Yahweh's favor. To proclaim, to declare of God's favor. You and I, we are under God's favor. We are under our grace, the dispensation of grace. We are under mercy. We are under grace. Even this COVID would have become worse. I know so many people, how God intervened. The favor of God is still upon this earth. The favor of God is still upon this church. The favor of God is still upon your family, upon your children, upon everything. Because Jesus has come as the Lamb of God. And our God's day of vengeance. When He comes back, it's going to come back to execute justice. He's going to come back to execute vengeance on those who rebel against him. Those who choose not to believe in his only begotten son. Favor for those who believe in him. Vengeance on those who don't believe in him. We have to decide or people have to decide between Jesus or not. It's not between Jesus or somebody else. It's not between Jesus or Muhammad. It's not between Jesus or Justin Trudeau. It's not between Jesus or your girlfriend. It's not between Jesus and your money. I was talking to one of my buddies. was telling me that, Brahim, you know, God compared himself with money. God did not even compare himself with Satan. He did not even compare himself with nothing. Do you know that the only thing that God, God 
compare himself with is money. You were expecting for God to compare himself with Satan. People don't actually worship Satan. They don't, people don't, don't make up their minds to say, you know what, I'm going to go pursue Satan. They don't. Because they know the devil is not good for them. But money, that was what God compares himself with. He said you cannot serve two masters. It shows that money is a master. There's nothing wrong about money. But because of money, become so preoccupied that Jesus is out of place. That Jesus is no longer a priority. Like our sister was saying. The Bible said if we seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness, everything else will be added unto us. It says in the Bible in the same matter that these things that you and I will pursue, there's nothing wrong about them. He knows that the Gentiles pursue them. He knows that we ourselves will pursue them. But he said, I want you guys to have your priorities right. I am your priority. It's those who are weeping. Those who have lost so much in life. Who have lost your husband. Who have lost your family member. Saying, is there hope? Who's going to wipe away my tears? Who's going to comfort those who are crying bitterly at night when nobody's looking? Those in the circuit corners that are crying, saying, is there any help in this world? That's how I actually gave my life to Christ. I was in my room. I was back in 2009. Thinking about suicide when I was crying bitterly. My mom didn't even know. My uncle didn't even know. Nobody knows. I was just in my room. Turn on the light. I wanted to live in darkness. I call upon Allah because I was raised in a Muslim home. I'm like, Allah, if you're for real, please help me. I'm deeply depressed. This depression is heavy upon me. But I remember when I was young, I used to go to church. We used to sing, Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. I remember that song. That song came to my mind at that, 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 that time. I sang it. I said, Jesus loves me. Yes, I, all I knew at that time was just the love of God. Just the favor of God. Just the grace of God. And the next day, my uncle is not a believer. The next day, my uncle was the one that God used. My uncle said, Brahim, there's a church nearby. You want to go? I said, yeah, I want to go. After, after when I prayed, I just, I just said, Jesus, if you're for real, please help me. My uncle just said the next day, you know, Brahim, there's a church nearby. You want to come? And I went there since then. You see, you see, Jesus, man, I'm telling you. He is not just the God of the Jew. It's not just the white man's God as, as black people are thinking that he is a Christianity is a white man's religion. No! There's, there's, when you look at the face of Jesus, if, if we have to identify his identity, he's from the Middle East. He's not white. He's not black. He's not the Rastafarian Jesus that you and I were talking about. We're trying to politicize. We're trying to make all this thing racial. But Jesus is for all nations. It's for Uganda, it's for Canada, it's for West Africa, it's for everybody. It's for those who are drunk, those who are prostitutes, those who are in gangs. It's for them. The reason why Jesus Christ had a problem with the Pharisees is because why? The Pharisees were so self-righteous. They think they knew God. And Jesus Christ found it very, very difficult to relate with them. But he found it so easy to relate with sinners. Because sinners would tell him, you know what? Jesus, I'm wrong, man. I am wrong. Just like the two thieves on the cross. One of them was so arrogant. Pride. Prideful. And the other one said, you know what? Jesus, huh? I'm a thief. I'm a criminal. 
what what I know about you you're not please Jesus I know I don't even deserve anything but please remember me that's the language of believers who are sinners to see yeah, Jesus I am wrong I, I have offended Jesus I have, I have offended the maker like I am wrong but please remember me show mercy and he will extend mercy but if you're arrogant you know what I don't need Jesus I can save myself I am God to myself I can resolve this issue for myself I can do it by myself you're deceiving yourself because Jesus has come to do these things that you and I we cannot do to comfort all those who are mourning to give to, to give for those who are mourning in Zion to give them a head wrap instead of arches praise instead of arches give you praise it says the oil of joy instead of mourning to give that joy that will become your strength to give you that peace that surpasses every human understanding including yours to give you that love as well all of this stuff comes from Jesus that is why Jesus Christ made it made such a claim that I am the bread of life I am the fountain of life I am the way I am the truth I am everything when they asked him why he keeps saying you you are he said before Abraham I am and as a result they wanted to kill them he is he said I am meaning all the time not in the past not just today but in the future for our children I used to think that because the Bible was written in the, in, in the past so I used to think that everything that Jesus Christ did was in the past I don't think that Jesus Christ would do anything in the present that was actually my, my mindset so I, 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 at times I didn't want to claim the blessings because I thought they were already done in the past because they're in the past tense but when I realized that no 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 Yes, they're in the past tense, but they're still in operative. They can still operate in your life. Amen? It says, a garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. A garment of praise. When Jesus knocks into your heart, when Jesus comes to your mind, you respond, or your response should be praise. Praise is a powerful thing. That's something that I meet to. I'm trying to learn. I'm like, God, I don't want to just pray, but I want to learn to, to be a praiser. I want to learn to be a worshiper because David was a praiser. He was a worshiper. A mixture of prayer and praise. Because praise can do so many stuff. Praise can win battles for you. Praise can lift up your spirit. So let me just give an example of my own personal life. When I first became a believer, the songs that I used to listen to was Hillsong. So whenever that depression would come, I will play Hillsong music. And I would just calm the spirit of depression. A real life experience. The power of praise. Amen? And they will be called Oaks of Righteousness. You see? So these are all... The magnificent things that Jesus Christ has come to do. Hooks of righteousness. You're asking for God, how can I be pure? How can I be right? How can I be just? How can I be, how, how can I be a good person? It's not going to come from within you. It is imputed in you. God has to clothe you with garments. God has to satisfy you with righteousness. You have to desire it. To say, God, this lifestyle that I'm living, it's not really good. It's not pleasing you. Is there an alternative? 
Righteousness is also the package of salvation. It comes with it. It says the planting of Yahweh. You are going to be planted by God himself. To do what? To show his glory. God is going to build your life. God is going to give you meaning. God is going to give you essence. God is going to give you identity. He's going to give you that. You don't need to be, you don't be, you don't need to be validated by nobody. When Paul became a believer and a minister, he didn't go to the 12 disciples and say, no, what? No. He knew who he was. Most times because we don't know who we are, we fight against each other. You have to know who you are in Christ Jesus. You have to know your identity. The world is not going to give it to you. Your family background is not going to give it to you. Even though you're from Uganda, Uganda community is not going to give it to you. Because you and I, we are made in the image and likeness of God. For young women, you can only find that stuff in Jesus. You can't find it from a young man like me. You can't. You can't. But when you know who you are in Jesus... All this trying to please people will go away because you're satisfied with Jesus. He defines you. He describes you. He determines who you are. He tells you, you are the apple of his eye. You are righteous. You're an overcomer. You have to speak the word. You have to speak it. The enemy doesn't like that. Your flesh doesn't want to hear that. But you have to speak the word. And it says, and they shall build the ancient ruins. And they shall erect the former deserted places. So whatever, like whatever that has happened. Restoration, all those things come with it. Your life will be rebuilt. That's what God specializes in, to rebuild people's life. We see that in the Bible so many times. Moses killed somebody, ran away. So there's hope for everyone. If only, if all things are possible. You can hear the voice of Jesus when he speaks. Because with him all things are possible. And then it says, And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And foreigners shall be your farmers and vine dressers. This is just the blessings. And then in verse 6 it said, But you shall be called the priest of Yahweh. Priest, meaning the people who will come and offer worship, incense to God. Who will come. And offer sacrifice of praise to God. We are all holy priesthood. That is who we are. And you will be called servers of God. All of the stuff that you and I we are doing. Jesus Christ has been anointed. And he has the spirit of God. So the list goes on. And it says. You shall eat the wealth of the nations. Here we are in Canada. COVID or, or, or economic recession, God will still provide. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. And how many times God provided for his people during the famine? For Isaac? So don't, don't worry yourself. Say, God, I don't have, I'm laid up. There's no job. This thing is becoming worse. It's affecting the economy. But you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. And you shall, you shall boast in your riches instead of shame, a double portion. Instead of shame and disgrace, people laughing at you, people making fun of you. Man, God say a double portion. Instead of insults, they will rejoice over your portion. Those who are mocking you, 
Wow. Therefore, they will take a double portion in their land. They shall possess everlasting joy. That's exactly what was going to happen throughout eternity. Possess everlasting joy. I'm going to stop in verse 8. And then we are going to pray. Amen. It says, For I, Yahweh, love justice, hate robbery and injustice, and I will faithfully give their reward, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Lord, he loves justice. That's one thing you cannot play around with God when it comes to him loving justice, him loving righteousness, him loving holiness, him loving to do what is right at all times. And because we are his, he expects that from us. To love justice. To love what is pure, what is right. And not to rob, not, not, not to live in an injustice way. And it will definitely reward you when you continue to live in that path. When you continue to, to do what is right. Your friend might tell you it's a waste of time. There's no reward in righteousness. There's no reward in coming to church. There's no reward in giving your life to Jesus. There's no reward in fellowship. You're just coming to church every Wednesday, every Sunday, every Friday. There's no reward. Your life has it changed? Things have things improved in your life? My brothers, my sister, it's just a matter of time. Your prayers, your worship, your praise is not going to go in vain. Amen? There's a reward for it.